Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 10 and meet me at verse 17. Mark chapter 10 and verse 17. I had no intention of preaching this message this morning. I woke up with an entirely different word from God that I'm going to share with you today. I had planned to teach something different. I had told our team where the verses were concerned. I had another title. I was prepared to go a totally different direction. So somebody somewhere needs to hear this word today, and it's going to change our life forever. Let's pick up at verse 17. And the word of the Lord says, Now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is, God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, Do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word. And he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. A few months ago, I read an alarming stat. What I thought to be an alarming stat was that something or somewhere around 65% of Americans profess to follow Jesus. So more than half of America professes to follow Jesus. And then I read another step that said somewhere around 80% of Congress, so our Senate and our House of Representatives, over 80% profess to follow Jesus. So we have majority of America professing to follow Jesus, and we have the majority of Congress professing to follow Jesus And if we look at the condition of our country, if we look at the condition of our communities, if we look at the condition of our lives, that cannot be true that the majority of America follows Jesus and the majority of our Congress follows Jesus. We're not even talking, uh, you know, a slight majority. We're talking about a major majority professes to follow Jesus And this particular man, the Bible describes him as a young, rich ruler. So we're talking about a very young man, and we're talking about a rich man. Somebody say rich. Rich. Now, rich is a Bible word. Don't get scared of this Bible word called rich. Say rich again. Matter of fact, say I am rich. rich. Yeah, don't be afraid to say that. Don't be afraid to say that. That just simply means you have more than enough. I am rich. And we found out that some people, I'm in, my, in my history of pastoring and talking to people, I found out that some people are rich and some people feel rich. 
Some people are rich. Some people feel rich. And, you know, you got to ask yourself, how much money would it take to feel rich? How much money would it take to feel rich? Now, to be rich means that you have consistent shelter, you have consistent clothing, and you have consistent food. That's, that qualifies you being rich. And I dare say most people in the sound of my voice may not feel rich, but they are rich. They, they have a place to live, whether you're renting or whether you're owning, there's a place that you can go to. You have uh, different clothes that you can wear, and you are not thinking about how much a gallon of milk costs at the grocery store. You are rich. But then there's a side of people that, that may not feel rich. And like I said, I want to ask you, how much would it take in order to feel rich? Well, this particular man is a wealthy man. He's a young wealthy man, and he, he runs up to Jesus. I mean, he's running. Jesus is leaving town. He's running to Jesus. I submit to you, he's full of fear. And he runs to Jesus, and he kneels before him, and he says, good teacher, what must I do? What must I do? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, what he doesn't really understand, I love Jesus' response, is when he started out with good teacher, uh, that's not really a title that they called people back in the day. It's either rabbi, teacher, but he added the adjective good teacher. Now, in Jesus' day, Jesus always proclaimed to be the son of God. He also proclaimed to be God. And so a lot of people were against Jesus because he said he is God. They didn't crucify Jesus because he opened blind eyes. They didn't crucify Jesus because he healed the sick. They didn't crucify Jesus because he walked on water. They crucified Jesus because he said he was God. And so here this man says, good teacher. Jesus responds to the the wealthy man and he says, why do you call me good? There's only one that's good and that's God. So in essence, Jesus is asking the rich young ruler, are you calling me God? So everybody else wouldn't call him God. So he's asking him, are you saying I'm God? Footnote, as we go further in the story, when the man talks again, he he releases the word good. And he simply just says, teacher. He's like, I'm not calling you God. Very interesting. And so Jesus responds to him, are you calling me God? And then he says, you know the commandments, and he he lists the commandments. He says here, of the commandments, he says, you know what they are. Uh, uh, Where am I at? Verse 17. Let's go to Mark chapter 10, and uh, let's look at verse, no, let's look at verse 19. I want to read the commandments, verse 19. He said, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. So he lists the second half of the Ten Commandments, which relate to humanity. All of the commandments that relate to you and I, human to human, person to person, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't defraud, honor your father and mother. He relates 
all of these commandments to him and say, you know what they are. And this rich young ruler literally says, I have done all of them. Now, that you, have to be, you have to be full of pride to really declare, I have never, not one time, done anything wrong to another human being. He says, I have done all of them. Very interesting. And Jesus says, okay. He says, there's one thing that you lack. And before he said the one thing that he lacked, he said that the Bible tells us that he looked at the man and he loved him. He loved him. So when he, what he's about to say is coming from a place of love. It's not coming from a place of rebuke. It's not coming from a place of anger. It's coming from a place of love. And he looks at him and he loved him. Now, this love that Jesus has for him should have casted out all of the fear he had. Because you remember, this rich young ruler came to Jesus asking him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's thinking about life after death. Life after death is on his mind. Life after death is terrifying him. The thought of what happens after I die is causing him to run to Jesus. He's thinking about life after death. And Jesus says to him, because he loves him, he goes, one thing you lack, go, sell everything that you have, give to the poor, then you will have treasure in heaven. And then he says, the most important thing that we run by, he says, and then come, follow me. Come, follow me. Now, the rich man who's at the top of the success ladder, he's young, he's wealthy. You would think that Jesus would have said, oh my gosh, I got a young, rich man who's coming to follow me. You ain't got to do nothing, brother. You just come and, and you just, what, what must I do in her, in her internal life? Uh, whatever you want to do, right? As long as you just keep giving money. No, no. Most people today would have said that. Well, if you give a million dollars, then, uh, you know, everything going to be all right. They would have lied to the man. Or oh, you, you're young and, and, man, you wealthy. I need someone like that in my, in my flock. I need somebody like that in my synagogue. I need somebody like that in my, in my close friendships. And I, I got to have, I got to get around this rich young guy. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says you lack one thing. Go sell everything you have, you have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. Jesus was trying to transfer his trust. Get your trust off of your possessions and put it on me. There are some things you've done by the law. Okay, you said you've done everything by the law. Now I want you to trust me by grace. Now I want you to follow me because I'm going to show you a new and better way. But this rich young ruler went away sad. And scripture tells us he was very sad because he had great possessions. He had great money. He had great wealth. He had great influence. And Jesus was asking him to give all of that up to come follow him. And the man couldn't do it. Is it possible to be rich and be sad? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what y'all hesitated for. Is it possible to be rich and to be sad? Yeah, we see it all the time. 
We see millionaires committing suicide. We see people with, with money doing some dumb things and taking their own lives and, and doing you know, stupid stuff with it. That's why I asked you at the beginning, how much would it take to make you feel rich? Because you could possibly get that amount of money and still be sad. Money does not make you happy. And so Jesus was telling him, I want you to transfer your trust from your possessions to me. Come follow me. Now, this is the part we skip over. We talk a lot about the money aspect of it, which is right. But we got to look at what Jesus was really asking him in the face of love. In the face of love, he was asking him to follow me. To follow me. To follow me. And the man could not follow Jesus. And so when Jesus asks you to follow him, you have to ask yourself, Am I really willing to follow him? Because in order to follow Jesus, it's going to cost you something. It's, it's, it's not easy and simple to follow Jesus. You are going to have to give up something. You are going to have to sacrifice something and typically speaking, it's probably the most important thing in your life that Jesus is going to ask you to sacrifice and give up. And so I want you to, to hear this question, come follow this statement, come follow me. I mean, it is a costly statement to come and follow Jesus. We preach it as ministers as if Come on, come up here and, and just, you're going to give your life to and repeat after me and everything is going to be all right. But it's going to cost you something to follow Jesus. The following of Jesus is also an urgent command. You have to make that decision now. Time is not waiting on you. You're going to have to make it now, but what the rich young ruler could not determine was that it was all worth it. It's all worth it to follow Jesus. Yes, it's going to cost me everything that I have. Yes, it's an urgent command, and I've got to say yes to it right now, but it's going to be worth it in order to follow Jesus. Now, to follow someone means that you are following their teaching, that you are following their lifestyle, that you are on the same path with them, slightly behind them, and that you obey. To follow means I am going to obey. I am going to do what he's asked of me. I am going to follow these teachings and I am going to be slightly behind him. And if he turns left, I'm going to turn left. If he turns right, I'm going to turn right. When you follow someone, then what they say is black and white, and you can't put your gray in it. When you follow someone, when they say turn right, you don't say, well, I feel like I need to keep straight. 
No, you turn right when you follow someone. And, and we, we have a hard time following. We just, we just have a hard time following in general. We have an extremely hard time following. We don't want no one to tell us anything to do. Don't tell me what to do. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I want to do what I want to do. And we don't want to follow anyone. We had an example yesterday. I was with my son, Zavin, and we went to this music store. And one of the music stores did not have what we wanted to rent for his band. And so Zavin said, but they have this other piece that we can get. He said, Dad, we should get this here and go to the other store and get that. Well, I don't want to follow. I don't want to follow what he's saying. I'm dad. No, we're going to go to the other store, and we're going to get both pieces at the other store. Well, lo and behold, we went to the other store. They didn't have that one piece. Now, I'm the leader of our home. I get that, but he gave some sound direction, and because it came from him, I don't want to follow that. Who am I talking to in here? And so, we have a hard time following anybody, let alone a leader. I mean, well, I disagree with that, or I don't want to do that, or I don't want to go there. And then we find ourselves in a place like this rich young ruler that we're sad and we're depressed. We didn't follow. We kept the stuff, but we stayed sad and we stayed depressed in our condition. But if we really understand this sacrifice it takes to follow Jesus, then we'll really understand how much it is worth it in order to follow him. I'll, I'll say this to you because I think it's so very important. I don't think you're really following Jesus until you do something that you don't want to do. That's a determining factor if you're following Jesus. Jesus says, wake up 3 a.m. and I want, you, I want to spend some time with you at 3 a.m. Are you going to follow or are you going to do what you want to do? Now, I know it's going to be quiet in here. Uh, Jesus said, I want you to fast. I want you to take today and just fast. Are you going to follow or are you going to do what you want to do? Pastor says, hey, guys, I want everybody to show up on this day at this time. I want everybody to be here. Well, that's my pastor, but you know, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I got a headache, I got a backache, I got a sore. Are you going to follow or are you going to do what you want to do? And this is the key indicator of are we following Jesus or are we doing what we want to do? And most of the time, we are asking Jesus to follow us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm going to do, Lord. Come on with me. I'm going I'm I'm to do what, what I want to do. But, but Jesus is saying on the inside, I, I don't think you ought to do. Well, this is what I want to do. Well, uh, okay. And guess what the Lord's going to do? He's going to allow you to do what you want to do. But he's not going to come with you. He's, he, he's, he's, he's moving. He said, hey, I'm over here. And then you're trying to figure out, why am I so sad? Why am I so depressed? And why are things so wrong? Because you're doing what you want to do and you're not following Jesus. And it's important that we follow Jesus because I think we think we're following him. Well, I, I, you know, I think I am. You know, I, I think I am. And, 
And, it's, it, and, and here's the indicator. If everything Jesus asks you to do is what you want to do, that's an indicator that you're not following him. You're doing what you want to do. If it, oh, well, yeah, Jesus asked me to, to do this, and that's exactly what I wanted to do. I have found out that most of the major things the Lord has instructed me to do, I have not wanted to do them. I have not wanted to do them. I haven't. But I'm endeavoring to follow Jesus. I'm endeavoring to do what he's asked of me to do because I want to be in obedience to the command. But far too often, here's what we do. Well, I don't like, I don't like being married to this person no more. You know, and, and what's going on? Is he beating you? No. Has he cheated? No. I just don't want to be with him no more. Oh, okay, so I'm going, I'm going to go ahead and just leave them. The Lord's leading me to leave them. I have heard that. Okay, are you getting beat? No. Have they cheated? No. I just want to leave, and the Lord's leading me to do that. You're not following Jesus. You're not following Jesus. You're following what you want to do. Well, I, you know what? I, the Lord has led me to leave the church. No, you just got mad at me. Just say that. I'm just mad at you, Pastor, and I want to go. Well, the Lord has led me. No. No. Now, can the Lord lead you? Yes. Yes. But more often than not, it's he's, he's, he has told me to do something that I want to do. That is not following. That is leading. Matter of fact, can you all take a few more examples? Well, let's look at Luke chapter 9 real quick. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Let's look at verse 57. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Watch this. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to Jesus, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. This is a bold proclamation. Let's pause here. A bold proclamation. This man shouts out, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. I've said the sinner's prayer. I've repeated after what the preacher, and I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says to them in verse 58, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, essentially what Jesus has said here, he didn't say he was homeless. If you watch my midweek boost, we talked about Jesus was not homeless. Uh, he's not saying I don't have a home. What he's saying here is I'm on the go. I'm on the move. I'm going to be going here one day. I'm going to be going there one day. I'm not trying to be settled down in one particular place. I am on the move. So if you want to follow me, you're going to have to be on the move with me. You're going to have to be willing to go to communities that you don't want to go to. You're going to have to be willing to give money to places that you really don't want to give money to. You're going to have to be willing to serve people that you don't really want to serve. You may stay in some raggedy hotels. I remember I went to Thailand for a mission trip and we were in one of the most raggediest places ever, okay? Third world country and it was uh, terrible. And I remember thinking, I just want to go back home. 
but God asked me to come here. And I laid down in the bed because there, there was no door. And I was concerned in this place. I was like, there's no door. You just, anybody could just walk in and out, right? And I laid down in the bed and I looked up and there was no roof either. So there was no roof and no door. Okay, so we just was, I don't know what we were in, okay? I'm serving the Lord. I'm serving the Lord. I'm going to places that he's telling me to go in a sleeping bag. I remember one particular time on this trip, we were, we were, the, the locals had created a nice meal for us. Oh, it was nice. It, you know, and they were happy to do it. We couldn't speak the language, but I could tell that they were happy to do it. And the, the meal came out and I literally saw insects in the meal. All in it. And they were like, <laughs> And I was asked to pray over the meal. My American friends were no longer hungry. But Jesus said, Mark 16, you can drink anything deadly or poisonous. And it won't hurt you. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command fire from heaven to come down and zap up every bug and insect that's in this food. Cause it to disappear in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I got corrected for that prayer. The leader corrected me for that. But following Jesus it's not always comfortable. It's not always what you want to do. He's going to ask you to do some things, go some places, send money to some places, work at some places, hang out with some people at some places in order to follow Jesus. You're going to do some things that are uncomfortable. When you are following Jesus, I'm hesitant to tell this story, but I will. I sense the Lord telling me this. There was a friend of mine who worked at a company and there was a a person at the company who was an outcast, just an extreme outcast, had totally different views than anybody else had. And everybody stayed away from this person. And he called me, said, the Lord told me to, to befriend him. Now, he said, I don't want to. I mean, the dude is weird. The dude, the dude got things going on. I don't want to befriend him. I just don't want to. And he said, I said, man, are you going to follow yourself or are you going to follow Jesus? He said, I'm going to follow Jesus. He began to ask the guy to go out to lunch. He said it was some of the weirdest conversations. It was strange. It was awkward. But over time, he was able to lead that man to the Lord. Doing things that you don't want to do. Hanging with folks you don't want to hang with. Talking to people you don't want to hang. Give to what, what you don't want to do. Are you following Jesus? Now let's look at the next example. Pick it up here at verse 59. Luke chapter 9 and verse 59. He says to another. Jesus says to another, follow me. So there's the invitation. Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first Go and bury my father. Now, pause there. Jesus shouts out, follow me. And he says, let me first go. Now, if you go first, who's leading? Jesus said, follow me. And he says, let me 
go first. That means you're leading. You're not following. You're leading. And he says, let me go first and bury my dad. If you read in other translations, he's saying, I want to hang around the family long enough until my dad passes. And, and we look at this and we say, oh, what a tender heart this, this young man has. He, he wants to just be at home with his dad and he wants to be around dad during the last days of his life. And he wants to just, oh, just hang out with dad. And, and Jesus is saying, follow me. Are you going to choose hanging out with dad or are you going to follow me? Now, this is extremely interesting because in our society, we put family first. We put possessions first, whether intentionally or unintentionally. These things come first, and we put following Jesus second, third, fourth, fifth, and whatever the case may be. And this man said, let me first go bury my dad. Look at this. In verse 60, Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another said to him, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first, let me first, let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. So how are you going to follow Jesus if you are going first? And here it is again. Let me first go bid them farewell who are at my house. So we have another example of family coming first. Family coming first. This is interesting because the call is individual call. But we have grouped it as a family call. And the family should come first. Oh, the family, keep, you know, keep, keep your family first. Every, the family should be first. The family should be first. And, and we'll say God first, then family, then job. We'll say that. But reality is actually family comes first. Now, if this man in this example goes back to his family and says, hey, guys, I'm going to go follow Jesus, what is his family going to say? Huh? What's the family going to say? Yeah, stay with me. What you talking about? You're going to go do what? Hang out with me. Be with me. You're going to follow Jesus? No, no, no. Don't go. Listen, you're going to fall flat on your face if you go. You are going to simply fail if you go. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go, don't go. And Jesus is saying, follow me. Matter of fact, in verse 61, I like it here. He says, and another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. That word fit is the word useful. Useful. No one putting their hand to the plow and looking back. Jesus says, follow me, and you're looking back. So if I'm, if Jesus is ahead of me, 
and I'm following him. Now I'm looking back. If Jesus make a left or a right, I can't see what he's doing because I'm looking backwards. Oh, the good old days. You remember the good old days? And oh, do you remember how great it was? And Jesus is saying, I want to take you to better days. I want to take you to more glorious days. I want to take you to places you've never been before, but you're caught looking back. And if you're looking back, the word says that you are not useful in the kingdom of God. God can't use you if you're looking back. He can't use you if you're not following him. And I submit to you that we must make sure that we are following Jesus, not just in our words, but truly in our actions. Am I obeying him? Am I following his teachings? Is he my example? Am I doing what he's telling me to do? Am I following the authority figures that he has placed in my life? Am I doing what they're asking of me to do? Am I taking steps that require courage in order to follow Jesus? We're going to have to be people that follow Jesus. Matter of fact, following Jesus is not a suggestion. Following Jesus is a command. We're going to, we have to accept him as our guide and our leader. We're going to have to move behind him in the same direction, and we're going to have to obey. And understand, it is costly. It's going to cost you something to follow. It's going to cost you something, but the reward is worth it. The reward is worth following him. And I want to challenge Somebody in here today, what is the last thing the Lord has told you to do? And are you still doing the last thing he told you to do? That is a sign of following. What has God told me to do? And am I still doing that? Don't try to figure out what to do next until you find out, are you still doing the last thing he told you to do? And if you're doing the last thing he told you to do, then you will find out what to do next because he is going to lead and he is going to guide you and he's going to instruct you and he has given you the precious Holy Spirit to comfort you, to help you, to be a leader, to be a guide, to show you what to do when you don't know what to do, to make sound choices and decisions. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you, but you're going to have to follow Jesus and not the money. Listen to me now, because money has a voice. It is the voice of mammon, and it will talk to you. And it'll tell you, don't spend me or come and get me. <laughs> Jesus may be telling you, listen, I want to take care of your needs. And you say, I need to go get a second job. And money's saying, yeah, come get me. You need me. And Jesus might be saying, I'm going to take care of that. Listen, when I left my Fortune 500 company, making six figures, going into the ministry, you know how many temptations it was for me to go back to my job and make that? You know how, you know how the temptations would do? It was strong. 
Strong. I wasn't receiving a paycheck for months. It was strong to go get you a job. Go get you something else. Go do something else. And the Lord kept telling me, I will take care of you. And I kept hearing mammon say, come and get me. And the Lord said, I'm going to take care of you. Well, I need to go get this job. Are you following Jesus? Now, I'm not saying don't go get a second job. That may be what the Lord is asking you to do. But don't do that first. Find out what the Lord has for you to do and follow him. Family members will tell you, well, don't do that. Don't move there. Don't, don't, don't do this, that, and the third. Don't do it. Uncle so-and-so said, man, I, I knew a guy. I remember when I stepped out to go into full-time ministry, I had all type of stories of people who failed. Everybody, every, you know, some family members told me stories of people who failed in ministry. Oh, I don't know. You. This is what you need to do. You need to do both. You need to keep the job. The Lord told me to step away. No, 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 no. You need to do both. Well, am I going to follow Uncle Ray Ray? Or am I going to follow Jesus? And so here are the two costly things that you're going to have to sacrifice when you're following Jesus. You're going to have to sacrifice money or great possessions. Or you're going to have to sacrifice relationships with family members in order to follow Jesus. Now, as you get going... God can restore those family relationships. He can restore them. He really can. But uh, <laughs> God tried to get Moses to lead the people out of, out of Egypt. He said, listen, I need to get my brother with me. And God said, I called you. I didn't call Aaron to go together. I called you to go. Well, he tried to get the family to go too. Well, eventually they came, but that wasn't the call. Who am I talking to in here today? You're going to have to follow Jesus. And when you hear his voice, heed his voice. Do what he's asking you to do. And when you do what he's asking you to do, it's going to be worth it. The rich young ruler, I fully am convinced in his story with Jesus, if he would have said, I will do that. I'm going to sell everything I have. I'm going to give it to the poor. I'm going to follow you. Matter of fact, do you even know who you want me to give it to? I'll do it. I firmly believe Jesus said, keep your stuff and come follow me. Now I know where your trust lies. It lies in following me. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.